0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. Of course, normally at this time, I would be playing music, my opening theme song that I've chosen for my show. But once again, I seem to be having problems here in the studio, getting the music to play. So We're not going to let that stop what we have to do here, right? We're still going to let the message that God has for us today to go out and to water all those ideas, all those feelings and thoughts that we have. The show is still going to go on. I'm, I can't say that I'm not disappointed because I am a little disappointed. That I can't get the music to play, but I can't let that be the focus of why I'm here and why I come every Sunday. It's not about the music, although this is a radio station, but it's not about the music. It's really about the message that God has for us, right? So, welcome to one and all, and I'd like to ask, how are all of God's blessed, highly favored, fearfully, and wonderfully made people doing today. Can I tell you how we're doing? Well, I just told you I'm a little disappointed. But besides being disappointed, we are humbled, we are patient, and we are compassionate in Jesus' name. Amen. And now the big part of that is we're patient. Right? (laughs) Because that's what it's really, really, really working with what's happening with me here at the studio. But all is still good. All is still good. And maybe let's look at it this way. Usually when things happen to us, it's happening because... It's a transition that God might be putting us through, right? Because a lot of times things will happen and we're not aware of why things are happening. You know, we just take it for granted. Oh, you know what's going on here? You know, I don't understand. I'm doing everything right and we can do everything right. And (laughs) it's funny. I saw an old sermon. I was watching just I forgot who it was, but it was an old sermon and the pastor was talking about how when you're in a storm or when things are happening to you it's not necessarily because you're out of the will of God and the text that they used to talk about that was the it was in Matthew when Jesus had finished talking to the multitude it um He had told the disciples to get in the boat and let's go to the other side. So as they were crossing to the other side, a storm came and Jesus was in the back. And I always love that story. I always love that story because that story also reminds me of with Jonah, when you are in a place where Whatever is happening around you doesn't matter. And I'm not comparing Jonah to Jesus, but I'm using it in the same context because they were both doing the same thing when a storm came and they were on a boat. Jonah was on a ship because, of course, we know he didn't want to go to Tarshish. He didn't want to go to Nineveh. He didn't want to go to Nineveh to give the message that God had told him to give. So he went to Tarshish instead. And as the boat got into a storm because Jonah now see Jonah was out of the will of God. So that's why the Lord brought a storm on that boat. But even with Jonah knowing that he was out of the will of God and the boat was being tossed to and fro, he was downstairs sleeping not being bothered that the boat was going to capsize. And then I think of the story in Matthew, when Jesus told the disciples, let's go to the other side. They then encountered a storm as they were going to the other side, but here it was, they were in the will of God because Jesus told them, let's go to the other side. So if God is telling you, let's go to the other side, and he was in the boat with them and a storm came And Jesus was in the back of the boat, sleeping on a pillow, a cushion, meaning he had cradled his head. So if you, now think about it, when you go to bed and you cradle your head on your pillow, you're going down for the count, right? That means you are, look, I'm tired. I'm hitting this sleep hard. Jesus was in the back of the boat, lying on a cushion, sleeping while they were in the storm and the disciples were panicking. They had to go to the back of the boat and they woke him up. And that's when they were saying, Master, do you not care that we could we might perish here in this storm? And then that's when he was telling them, you know, ye of little faith, you know, you've been with me all this time. I'm here in the boat. Obviously, if I'm in the boat with you, nothing's going to happen to you. But see, they didn't remember, even with all the teachings that God had given them, that Jesus had given them, how they saw how he healed the sick and how he spoke to the people and how his words of wisdom had impressed them and taught them in certain areas, they still panicked. Knowing that he was on the boat with them, they panicked because something was going to happen. And I use that story to say, And this is a good lesson for me with this soundboard and I need to find out what's going on, but then with others too. What is it that even when you're in the will of God, even when you're following what you're supposed to do, little things come up and you can't understand why it's happening. And it doesn't have to be a gigantic storm, but something small Could be a storm for you if that's something that you're relying on. But have you ever had occurrences where you're in, like I said, you're following what God told you. You're doing everything that you're supposed to do and how you've done it, how you've always done it. And see, here's the key. If it's something that you do and you've always done it, And yes, it is in the will of God. Is God now trying to change the narrative of how you've been doing things? And that's something for me to think about. And I'm saying me right now because it's happening to me right now. So that might be something that I need to take a deeper look at. Why is it that I'm having an issue And I don't want to make this so deep that it's like, well, okay, what if they just changed the chord? You'd have music. It might be that it might just be that simple. But until I figure out what the problem is with that, it could be the fact that God is not having the chord work because it might work for other people. I don't know. It could just not be working for me. So I'm going to look at it from the perspective of. Okay, God, are you trying to get me to change the show up? Not that you don't want music in the show, but you don't want me to have to rely on music. And I say that because because I'm on the radio and I do play music because I'm on the radio. So it's like, okay, play music, you're on the radio. But what if I, this is just a hypothetical and I'm just talking What if I wasn't on the radio? What if I had to do this show from another location? Would I be able to do it if I didn't have the means to play music? Because I said, naturally, of course, I'm going to play music. It's a radio station. But what if I were in a position where I couldn't have music playing because maybe I didn't have the rights to the music that I wanted to play, which being on the radio station gives gives me those rights because it's a radio station. But what if I were someplace else? I still would have to deliver the message. I still would have to get the word out that God had given to me to give to all of you But what if I couldn't play music? So it's making me look at this little dilemma that I happen to be running into another way. It's making me think about what if I did my show with no music? Now, that's not so far fetched because I used to, when I first started the show, When I first started four years ago, almost coming up on five years, people, when I first started the show, I used to do it without music because, remember, I was in that learning curve. I really didn't know how to work the soundboard, so I didn't want to fiddle with the buttons to try to get music to play. So until I felt comfortable enough to play music, I used to do the show just talking. And maybe, like I was saying earlier in the year when we started, that because God is moving us to another place, he's expecting us to be on a different level, taking us to different levels in our journey. And remember I said, until he gives you something new, He wanted you to go back to the things that he had told you or maybe taught you or maybe showed you from before. Because we move to a new level or because we come to a new point in our journey, it doesn't mean that we abandon everything else that we've done on our journey. See, it's not like, Becoming a Christian, accepting salvation, accepting Christ as your personal savior, because we know he shed his blood for the remission of our sins. He died and rose again, got the keys to death. You know, he conquered death when he rose again. It's not that when we become a new creature because we've accepted salvation, like we say, you forget that old man because you're now a new man. That's not the same as saying, forget everything that you learned in the beginning of your Christian walk. And as you go forward in your journey, you no longer bring those things with you because it should be a stepping stone. It should be like a ladder, like one, like when you learned math in school. They didn't start you out with algebra in first grade you didn't learn algebra in first grade now they could have no they could have taught you algebra in first grade if the teacher wanted to take the time to explain everything about what x and y and z and what does this and why it does that because at that age you can teach a child anything but It makes it so much simpler to teach a child algebra when they get into middle school after they've learned the foundation of one plus one makes two. So in all the things that we learn in our Christian walk, starting with one plus one makes two, we don't abandon one plus one makes two because we're now doing the algebraic equation. Because it still takes that knowledge of what we learned of the one plus one to then complete that algebraic equation. So I'm saying all that to say for myself, and it just came to me as I'm sitting here. And the reason why it just came to me, because I'm sure after I left the studio, I would have thought about all this. But because I'm here talking to you guys and we're walking through this transition together, it came to me that. Maybe I am going through, and we all know we are, and yes, I do know I am too, going through a transitional phase. What I'm transitioning into, I'm unclear of, but whatever it is I'm transitioning into, I'm definitely going to have to bring the skills that I learned in the beginning to continue going with me. So like I said, that was just my whole big, and you see how my mind works, I go real deep. I can go real deep when something simple as other people would brush it off as, oh, the music just doesn't work, just keep talking. No, everything that happens in your life when you're a Christian, it's a learning lesson there. There's a lesson in it somewhere either for you, yourself first, and then for you to carry it on to others Or tell others about it because it might be something that's happening with them as well. Not saying that either of you are going to have a problem with the sound system. But if you just think of something small in your life that, well, this has been working the whole time. Why is it not working now? My story and the way I'm telling you how we just broke it down to have a better understanding could probably help you as well. Nothing in God is coincidental. Nothing. Can I say nothing again? Everything when you're walking in your Christian life, don't brush it off as being trivial. If you're following God and you're seeking God for guidance and understanding, everything that happens is for a reason be it a gigantic significant reason or something just as small as, "Mm, don't go to the store today, go to the store tomorrow. Something just as simple as that. But we need to pay attention to those little things so that we know how they fit into the bigger picture. So now that I've talked about that with what's happening with me this morning, and that's not even our topic, but it's a good segue into the topic Because, okay, I pray that everyone had a wonderful week, you know, experiencing the presence of the Lord in your life every minute of the day, right? Because every minute of the day when you're walking in God, every minute counts. And I say that because we have to keep our mind focused on the Lord So that in all occurrences that takes place in our lives, he can keep us in perfect peace. Perfect peace, right? And I'm talking about the peace that can carry us well beyond just having a calm state of mind. Right? Like the music not playing, me not being in Christ, I could have really lost it. I could have really been upset. I could have just totally been like, oh, why is this happening? But I am I am calm and I am peaceful about the situation because, like I said, I'm taking this as, okay, Lord, where is this taking me next? So the peace that I'm talking about that comes, that God gives you is the peace that you can have in everything that you do. And it's the piece that I guess if I imagine what people feel when they use, you know, like I guess when they do edibles or they are smoking or, you know, whatever it is that they do, drinking alcohol or whatever. That piece that those people feel when they want to escape from whatever is happening in reality that's the peace that God can give you. But let me tell you, those substances could only give you a temporary feeling of calm with a slew of side effects attached to them, right? But the peace that you receive from the Lord comes without any attachments. You don't have to worry about, oh, am I going to feel lethargic or am I going to get COPD or Any of those other ailments, you're not going to have to worry about that when you have the peace of God in your life. Right. And now disclaimer, you know, I said this like probably about four, three years ago, that God is always going to let a little piece of me come out because it's somebody out there that needs to know little pieces of me so that they can feel like, oh, yeah, okay. So she does do things like the rest of us, which I'm sure by now, if you've listened to me long enough, you know for sure that, yeah, a lot of times when I'm telling these stories or reading these scriptures, I'm getting a lesson from it as well. But I used to smoke cigarettes, and I probably mentioned this once before when we were talking about something else on another show, but I used to smoke cigarettes. And can I tell you something? When I think back to the days when I used to smoke cigarettes, I actually enjoyed smoking cigarettes. I know. People say, oh, it's such a nasty habit. It makes you smell your clothes, smell your hair, smells. I loved smoking cigarettes. (laughs) I know. And I'm laughing because, uh, you know, it just sounds so strange. She loved smoking cigarettes and cigarettes could have killed me. Thank God that it didn't. Thank God that I stopped. But I did enjoy it because you want to know why? Because cigarettes used to calm my nerves. And I used to, I smoked in the time where you used to be able to smoke in restaurants, in bars, at work. Yeah, imagine that. You had an ashtray on your desk and you were able to light up anytime you wanted to for all the smokers that are listening to me. Or used to be smokers, you probably do remember Back in the day, we used to be able to smoke at our desk. And it was funny because the people that, when they used to go away on vacations, instead of bringing you back like a coffee mug or a keychain, they would bring you back an ashtray. Cause they'd be like, Oh, you've had that ashtray for so long. Let me, I'm going away to Mexico or whatever. Here's a new ashtray for you. So that was like the big deal. People would come, instead of hanging out at the water cooler, people would come and hang out around your ashtray, especially if they were a smoker. They'd pull up a chair and you'd just sit there and you'd be puffing and you'd be talking about the latest office gossip, whatever it was. But that was until I finally was really getting into Christianity and discovered the peace that I came from knowing the Lord as my personal Savior, that I didn't need the cigarette as a crutch to calm my nerves when I was feeling a little frazzled. So earlier this week, I was feeling a little sad. Right. And, you know, we all go through that. We all have a case of the blues every now and then. And usually people will tell you that when you're feeling blue. Now, I wanted to curl up and stay in the bed, which is what I did. And most people will tell you, no, you should get up, you should move around, you should get the blood flowing, you know, get that adrenaline pumping and you'll feel better. All of those things are great and all of those things are true. Exercise gives you those endorphins that make your mood, you know, happier when you're moving around. All true. But sometimes, and God showed me this this week, sometimes in in order to overcome that feeling of the blues that you might have, Sometimes you need to be still. And that's what we're going to talk about today. What does it mean to be still? So our topic is actually going to be called stop moving, right? And now see, moving and movement, is always associated with a good thing. Everything needs action, right? A body in motion stays in motion. You know, if you want to lose weight, you need to go and work out in a gym. And even after you finish working out for half hour, 45 minutes, however long you do it, when you're sitting down or when you're in a not active mode, when you're not moving around as much, your body is still moving because your muscles are still energized from what you did earlier Yeah, that's great if that's the goal that you're trying to achieve to get physically fit. And then we've always heard faith without works is dead, right? How could you have faith in something, but you're not putting the action towards working to obtain what you believe in faith is going to happen for you? You have to put the action behind it. You can't just sit there and have faith that something's going to happen, but you're not putting any motion into it, right? Right? So yeah, we know even in that movement is essential, but there comes a time when we just need to stop and allow the Lord to minister to our spirit, to remind us, to enlighten us, and to direct us. And this reminds me of Psalm 46 and 10, where God said to his people, be still. And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Now, when God said to, his, to, to the people, he was talking about him making them victorious over an enemy that they had because it was a war that they were going to fight. But we can still use these words because when you think about it, It's an enemy every day that we're contending with. We're constantly in a battle, if not physically. We're not physically in a battle, thank God. But spiritually, every day we're in a battle, every day. So this still applies to be still and know that I am God. And blessed is the reading of the word of the Lord. But when God said to be still, And know that I am God. He was telling us to be still because I am. And we know when we first heard that. When Moses asked God, who should I say sent me? He said, tell them I am sent you. I am. When you say I am, that's present tense. So when God says I am, he's Always, meaning yesterday, today, forever, he's always. So we have to be still to remember because I am. We have to be still because I am is our provider. We have to be still because I am is our Alpha and our Omega. We have to be still Because besides I am, there is no other. We have to be still because I am makes mountains move. We have to be still because I am put the stars in the sky. We have to be still because I am causes the sun to give us light during the day. We have to be still because I am allows the moon to shine at night. We have to be still because I am is the one that told the oceans to stop at the shore. We have to be still because I am is the one who commands the rain to fall. We have to be still because I am commands the flowers to bloom. We have to be still because I am knew us before we were formed in our mother's womb. We have to be still because I am knows every hair that is on our head. We have to be still and know who is I am. And he says, be still and know that I am God. I will be held, I will be exalted among the nations, which is like saying, I will be held in high regard in all nations. Proverbs 21, 21 and 1. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. Now, think about this. If God has the ability to control how presidents, dictators, kings, how their hearts will respond in certain situations and circumstances, let's remember back in Exodus when Moses was talking to Pharaoh about letting the people go. And it said that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Right? So now if God has the ability, and now mind you, (laughs) And here's the funny part of that. God wanted Pharaoh to let the people go. That's why he sent Moses to talk to Pharaoh to tell him, let my people go. But you're going to send Moses to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. But you're going to make Pharaoh's heart, Pharaoh's heart harden so that every time Moses came to him, he gave him opposition. Most people would think, why would God do that? Didn't he want him to let the people go? Yeah, he did, but he also wanted to show the people who he was. He wanted to remind the people that he was I am, right? So if God has control of all of that, is he not capable of giving us what we need to feel better when we're going through those bluesy days, right? Because he also said, I will be held, I will be exalted in the earth. I will be held in high regard in the earth. First Chronicles sixteen thirty two 32 and 33. Let the sea roar and all is fullness. Let the field rejoice and all that is in it. Then the trees of the woods shall rejoice before the Lord. Now I know you're probably saying, "Well, why did she read that?" Because in all the earth, meaning the seas command him. What he says, they command what he said, what he says. The fields, like I said, with the flowers blooming, the trees are going to rejoice before the Lord. So, not only just us being creatures walking around, Even the things that we walk by and don't pay attention to, the trees, the grass, all of them are going to give God glory. So if all of those things that don't move, don't talk, don't do anything, if they're giving God glory. And again, Luke 1940, I tell you that these should keep, if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. If stones are going to cry out to God, stones, if stones are going to cry out to God, don't you think that the God of all creation can help us through when we're feeling down, when we're feeling a little out of it? And I'm going to tell you what I got out of keeping still. What I got out of keeping still was it gives me and it gives all of us when we keep skill, when we keep still an opportunity to discern the tricks of the enemy. Cause when you're moving, when you're constantly moving, doing, keeping busy, keeping active. Oh, I got to keep. If I do this, it'll keep my mind off. Of, oh, if I do this, I won't have to think about when you're constantly moving. You can't really see what the enemy is doing. Or you really don't have time to sit and think about what the enemy is doing. But when you're still, you can actually sit back and recognize things for what they really are. When we're still, we grow in humility. Because when we're still, sometimes... Being still can make us feel vulnerable, but we don't have to feel vulnerable because we know we serve a, a higher power that covers us in all things. Right. When we're still, we realize what God has done for us, what God is doing for us and what God will continue To do for us in our lives. But we only see that. We only realize that. We only feel that. When we're still. Right. So when you think about it. Who can stay depressed. Sad. Or in an uncertain state. When the most high is available to us. Because remember. I am. Is always because it's always present state, when I am is always available. Who can stay in a state like that? When we're still, it gives us an opportunity to reminisce on the goodness of our Lord. It gives us a chance to, and I'm okay, I'm going to tell you exactly what I did when I stayed still. I was feeling a little blue. I didn't want to get out the bed. I said, you know what, I'm just going to lie here for a little bit longer. Let me, you know, why am I feeling like this? That's the question. Why am I feeling like this? You know, everything was fine. Everything in my life is not fine. And everything in your life might not be fine either. There's never, there's never a time, well, I'm saying this, speaking for me, that everything in my life is fine. I'm sure if you really thought about things in your life, you're going to find something wrong somewhere right? Something's going to be wrong somewhere. But you can come to a realization that even though something's wrong somewhere, your life is still fine. And that's what being still allowed me to do. It allowed me to think about, now get this, the fact that I was feeling a little blue I thanked God for the feeling of feeling blue. Now I know some of you are probably saying, why would she thank God that she was sad or not happy or not getting what she wanted or whatever it was she was feeling? Why would she thank God for being like that? I thanked God for feeling blue because I was able to feel blue. Right? Feeling blue, experiencing Bouts of sadness. Now, I'm not talking about people with mental illness or who suffer from depression. I'm not making anything light of that. What I'm saying is the fact that you could feel sad or heartbroken or just a little discouraged means that you're still alive. You're still breathing. You're still able to walk around and do things. So I thank God for the fact that I was feeling a little blue. And then when I thought about that, I said, hmm, if I'm thanking God for feeling blue, then I could thank God for having God to thank for feeling blue, right? So if I could give him praise and glory for the feeling that I was having, that then turned my mind directly to him because it was like, okay, I'm taking this to the all-knowing. So if I'm blue, he knows that I'm blue, right? If I'm sad, he knows that I'm sad. So it gave me a clarity of, okay, yeah, he's here. He's with me. He sees what's happening. He knows how I'm feeling. And then it just got me into thanking God for being available to me, thanking God for sending his son that made it possible for me to be able to come to him with anything that I had going on with me. So I started thanking God for Jesus in my life. I started thanking God how grateful I was for just the little things that, oh, I was able to Finished writing my book. And then when I got on the thing of the book, and see you, you'll see how God, you see how God will give you steps to take you where he wants your mind to go, right? I wasn't thinking about the book. The book had been put to the side. What I was thinking of, because I know all of you know that I'm in the process of writing this book. I've mentioned it before, but I was then now looking for a publisher. So I was, oh, how am I going to get this published? How am I going to get this edited? I don't know anything about publishing. I've spoke to some people, you know, they've given me different ideas. So I've still been mulling around with that idea in my head. So I hadn't touched the book again. So as I'm lying there and going through the steps of thanking God, and it came up in my mind, I thank you, Lord, that you gave me the creativity to write this book. Even though, and then I said, even though I don't have a publisher or an editor, but I still thank you that I have it finished. And whenever I find that editor or publisher, if you bring them my way, you know I can use them and get the book published. He then took me to remember that there are, various people have told me, there are apps that I can use to then, you know, edit my book. Hmm. So I lied there and I said, wait a minute. What about that app that so and so told me about? And I immediately got up and went to my laptop. So I started fiddling around on the laptop and lo and behold, yes, the app was there that if I put my material into the app, it will edit the Material for me. So then I was like, okay, let me do the next step. So I started doing this, 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 and this. But I'm saying all that to say what started out as a little bluesy morning then turned into a full-blown working, getting stuff accomplished, opening up other avenues for me to then explore to get my work done, to get my work to being the total finished product that when I do get that agent or publisher, I have a complete work that's done, not something that is half done that I felt was done, and then I give it to them, and then they give it back to me and say, no, you still have to. Now I'm going through the stages of getting all that done So when I do give it to them, it's more in its finished state, but I would not have come to that conclusion because now to know about this app, I've known about this app for a little while. It had been told to me from before, but for whatever reason, I never went in and explored what the app would do. It wasn't until I was feeling the way I was feeling. I took a moment to step back. I allowed God in. I let the Holy Spirit help me walk through what I was feeling. And then one thing led to another, to another, to another. But the most important part of that, the most important part that I want you all to pick up on was You noticed when I said that when I started thanking God for himself, for his son. Now, yes, I was thanking him for me feeling that way. I was thanking him for feeling sad. But it wasn't until my brain clicked and said, well, I thank you, God, for being God there for me to even complain or to spill out my emotions to. And once I turned it to him, where we have to constantly keep our mind focused in order for him to keep us in perfect peace. You see how that goes? You see how that goes together so smoothly? Once I focused my mind on him, and now I know when you think about that scripture He'll keep those in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Yes. But my mind didn't automatically run to him when I felt like that. My mind automatically ran to, I don't feel like getting out the bed. That's where my mind went. And I know the scripture, but that's where my mind went because we have to remember flesh acts first. Flesh always acts first. And then we have to overcome flesh. So, I was lying there, even though my flesh acted first, my thoughts, once I got to the point of thanking God, everything shifted. There was a shifting in the atmosphere because once I started thanking him, then I started thinking of all the other things that he's done good for me. And I started thinking about, oh, yes, the fact that I wrote the book and then it just led to one thing led to another and boom. Oh, yeah, the book oh yeah, what so-and-so told me from before. And you see how quickly it just moved from my whole continent, shifted from feeling blue to now I'm up, out the bed, starting to work, getting on my laptop, exploring this, exploring that. Even though when I got up, I didn't know for sure that that app could help me, but it got me moving. My mind was totally working on things that it should have been thinking about and working on the whole entire time but because i had to defeat that flesh for that one little moment my being still it is what led me to get to where i needed to be right so john 4 23, 24 tells us, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth. For the father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And when I think about that, there comes a time where we have to really remember that God is holy. Yes, he's I am. Yes, he can do all things for us. Yes, he's able to, you know, make us feel better and make the sun shine and make the rain come down and make the flowers bloom. But in the beginning... The most important thing for us to remember is God is holy, and we should reverence him for who he is. And that means giving him glory, worshiping him in spirit and in truth, saying, like the angels, holy, holy, holy. Right? That's all they say all day up in heaven. Holy, holy, holy. That's all they ate because. When they're in his presence, what else can you say? Right? What else can you say? And when we keep our mind on God like that, knowing that the little trivial things that we make to be big things really don't even matter at the end of the day, We don't have time to play around with things that, you know, don't matter. When we really think about it, all our praises, all our acknowledgement, all our glory should go to him. That's all we should be thinking about is, oh, my God, thank God for you. Thank God for for God. That's what we should be sitting there saying every day. Oh, my God. I just thank God for Jesus. I just thank God for God. Because that's all it ends up to being after you've gone through everything that we do here. And we let the little things in life, you know, get us all confused and out of our character. And that's why, you know. The scriptures always tell us, and that's why Jesus said the first thing when he came to fulfill the law, when they asked him what they should be doing, he told them, love God with all your heart and then love your neighbor as yourself, because that's the most important thing that God wants us to do. He wants us to love him with all our heart, but then he wants us to treat one another the same way, loving one another the same way, Right. But we can only get to that, to love one another as we love ourselves, when we totally understand and keep our minds on God. Because the, he's the only thing that's going to constantly remind us of goodness. He's the only thing. Because when we're in our flesh, we're not thinking about goodness all the time. We're thinking about, oh, I don't have this or, oh, this didn't go right. And, oh, this is not working. No. When we keep our mind set on him, we don't think about those other things. We're just so happy to be able to think on something, his spirit, his truth that he's given us, that everything is going to be okay. Because even though it doesn't look like it's okay. In the end, everything is going to be okay because that's the way God is. Everything with God always turns out to be okay. Yes, you'll have bumps along the road because we live in a sinful world. Yes, we're gonna have bumps along the road because we're dealing with principalities that we have to overtake and that comes in with us taking over territory for the kingdom, but at the end, It's still to win those souls so that everyone could give God glory because everything in the end is going to be okay. And that was my story. That was my testimony. That was a long testimony, I know. But out of that, out of that occurrence that happened to me, he then showed me the importance of being still sometimes. And I'm not saying it works all the time, but sometimes we just need to be still. We just need to be still so we can hear what he has to say. And I'm not saying, okay, yeah, because we always say be still, you know, when you pray to God, you know, be still and allow him to talk. But sometimes we need just to be still when we're not even think. I wasn't even thinking about God. I wasn't thinking about God. I mean, when I got up. I wasn't thinking about God. And I have to say that. Even though most mornings when I get up, the first thing I say is, you know, good morning, Holy Spirit. What do we have before us today? You know, let's make this a good day. You know, what are we going to do? That's what I usually say. But that morning when I woke up, I didn't say any of that because I wasn't thinking about God. I wasn't thinking about the Holy Spirit. I wasn't thinking about anything. I just woke up and I know I didn't feel like being bothered. That's what I was thinking about. I did not feel like being bothered. And then one thing led to another, to another, to another. And then as I lied there, the Holy Spirit, and see if you keep in connection with God and the Holy Spirit, he's going to talk to you. So the Holy Spirit just reminded me, well, at least you're able to feel sad. And that's what prompted me to, you know what? have to thank God that I'm even able to feel sad because that right there is a blessing because I'm still breathing. And look, my time is growing short. And of course, I don't want to forget that this is the final Sunday in February. So we still have our word of the month, which is fervent and that's having or displaying a passionate intensity, which I said, I, want us, I wanted us to be doing this entire month, but then carrying it forward. Like I said, you learn the things in the beginning, but that doesn't mean that when we go into March and we get a new word, we abandon the other words that God has given us. We should still be moving through the year with this intensity of anything that we have to do along our journey. And our promise for this week is going to come from Psalm 119, 160. The entirety of your mouth, of your word, excuse me, let me start all over again. The entirety of your word is truth and every one of your righteous judgments endureth forever. That just solidifies The fact that we were talking about God said, be still and know that I am God. So, my beloveds, I could give you a little bit of housekeeping. Since we have a little bit of time, I could talk to you about some things that's happening in Brooklyn. Uh, Let's see. Okay. The Shuffle Music Trivia All About Love is taking place February 28th at 8 p.m. at the Star Bar. The 28th is on a Wednesday. It's going to be at the Star Bar here in Brooklyn. And it's trivia night. They're going to be doing, oh, music. Trivia. That's what they're going to do. So you could, the tickets are $5. You can go to the shuffles Instagram page or you can go to Eventbrite to get the ticket link so that you can buy a ticket. And they're saying it's going to be a fun night out. If you're a music aficionado or just someone who likes to hear about music, assemble your dream team and get ready to put your music knowledge to the test. And the theme is all about love because it was, you know, Valentine's Day this month. They're doing a theme of all about love. And like I said, it's going to take place Wednesday, February 28th at 8 p.m. at the Star Bar in Brooklyn. And it's a collaboration that we're doing. Radio Free Brooklyn is doing with The Shuffle. So now let's see. We have another announcement and this is for the fifth annual new Colossus Festival now this is going to take place in March this takes place March 6th to the 10th once again in New York it's on the Lower East Side it's going to consist of eight independent music venues you can get a festival a festival festival badge you can purchase it online at www.newcoloshisfestival.com slash badges, or you can buy tickets for individual shows. And what it is, it's, they're going to celebrate independent music communities. It's a five day showcase festival, which like I said, is going to take place between March 6th to the 10th. It's, Includes eight independent music venues on the Lower East Side. They're going to have over 130 emerging artists from all over the world. And they're going to have DJs. It's going to be a music conference. They're going to have a networking event. And they're also selling tickets at Arlene's Grocery. If anybody's familiar with that. I don't know where Arlene's Grocery is. But I'm sure it's someplace here either in Brooklyn or New York somewhere. But it's this music festival that's taking place here in New York, and that's between March 6th and the 10th. So if you happen to be in the New York City area Wednesday, or if you happen to be coming to New York, if you're, you know, coming from someplace else (laughs) between March 6th and the 10th, you might want to look at this uh, festival that's going on with all those emerging artists. So that was our news. That was our housekeeping and announcements. And of course, you know, Radio Free Brooklyn is a nonprofit organization. We do take donations to keep shows like myself on the air. If you want to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram, today. I do have a YouTube channel, but I don't want to give out the YouTube address because right now I only have four videos up there and I need to put up more. So when I really get it up and running, I will let you guys know what the YouTube channel is. I think it's, what would K say, 9885 or something like that. But I'll be able to give you that address once I really get the videos up and running and then you guys could subscribe. Um... But you can follow me on Instagram, which is WWK Say Today. I do post on Instagram. I give you the word of the month. I give you our promises for the week and I give you other things because sometimes during the week, God gives me things to give to you. And I think that's probably what he's working me up to, to get that YouTube channel up and running so that when I do have things to say, rather than just wait till Sunday to give it to you. I could hop on YouTube and I could give it to you and then you could hear it at any time. You know, you could see it any time. And it might be that time of the day or that day of the week that you really needed to hear it. And You not have to wait till Sunday where it happened Wednesday and you're like, oh, that's my answer. But anyway, I digress. But I want all of you to have a wonderful rest of your week, rest of your day. Be kind to one another. Be kind to yourself. And remember, be still Because sometimes we just need to remember that I am is in control of all things. Peace.